Quantum mechanics is spooky and sparkly. Physicists have achieved entanglement in two diamonds. What is entanglement and why is it spooky? I'll explain in today's Physics Buzz podcast. This last December, a group of scientists managed to entangle two diamonds. These are some of the largest objects ever to experience entanglement. Previously, entanglement has been achieved in carefully arranged groups of atoms and molecules and in superconductors. So in a way, the diamonds are the most ordinary objects which scientists have successfully entangled, if you think diamonds are more ordinary than superconductors. The research team consisted of scientists from the University of Oxford, the National Research Council of Canada, and the National University of Singapore. So what is entanglement? Two entangled particles are linked in such a way that the state of one of them determines the state of the other. Have you ever heard how identical twins say they can tell when the other one has been hurt? I have no idea how true this is for humans, but with particles, that's kind of what entanglement is like. A simple example would be dice. If I entangle two dice and then roll both of them simultaneously, they will roll the same number. If I take them into separate rooms, to different cities, if I take one of them halfway across the universe, they will still roll the same number. Now, I should be clear, we could entangle them so that they roll different numbers. If the first die rolls a 1, then the other rolls a 2, and when the first die rolls a 2, the other one rolls a 3. What's important is that if I roll one number on one die, that determines what I see on the other. I want to take away the analogy here and actually talk about particles, because there's a crucial part of entanglement that can't be explained with dice. So we're going to talk about electrons. Electrons can be polarized. You can think of polarization like if the electron is an arrow, its polarization is the direction that it points. So it can be pointing up or down or diagonal. So the polarization is kind of like the number on the die. We can change an electron's polarization by trying to put it through a polarizer. The polarizer has a direction as well. So let's say we take a diagonal electron and try to put it through an up polarizer. It has a 50% chance of passing through. If it does, its polarization changes to up. If it doesn't pass through, its polarization stays diagonal. And we can blind this test so that we don't know if it passed through or not. So for a moment, before we look and see what happened, we don't know if the electron is pointing up or if it's still diagonal. And in quantum mechanics, this is an indefinite state. Before we look and see which way the electron is pointing, it's pointing both. It's indefinite. We don't know, and therefore it's both. I know this doesn't make sense in a classical world, but it's a very important part of quantum mechanics. This is where the electron is behaving more like a wave. Once we look and see what its polarization is, then that wave collapses and we see the electron as a particle. Then it can only be pointing up or diagonal, not both. Now let's take two electrons, both diagonal, and put them both through an up polarizer. Then let's look and see what happened to the first one. Let's say it passed through. Its polarization is now up. Now we still don't know what the fate of the second electron is. It's still in that indefinite state. It's both up and diagonal because we haven't looked at it yet. 
if the two electrons are entangled, then we do know what happened to the second electron. If we entangled them such that their polarization will always be matching, then we know that if the first electron is polarized up, the second electron is also polarized up. If I roll my dice and one comes up a five, I know that the other one must also be a five. That's entanglement. Knowing the fate of the first electron collapses the wave function of the second. Before we peak, we know what it is. In the classical world, we could just tell ourselves that the second electron was already pointing up, and we just looked and saw that it was pointing up, but in the quantum world, it's not quite like that. The second electron is in a different state, an indefinite state, until we look at the first electron. Tests of entanglement show that the electrons are not simply repeating a pre-programmed pattern. Entanglement has also been tested over long distances. People wondered if the electrons were somehow communicating with each other, letting one another know, hey, I'm pointing up. But those messages would have to be traveling faster than the speed of light. I mean significantly faster, and as far as we know, that's impossible. I hope you understand now why it would be great to be able to harness entanglement. We could find a way to communicate instantaneously over long distances. Some scientists want to use entanglement in computing. The problem is entanglement is extremely fragile. The electrons have to be totally sealed off from any interference from the outside world in order to maintain that indefinite state. So it's a big accomplishment to have entanglement happen in objects like diamonds, even if it only happens for seven trillionths of a second, which is how long the diamond entanglement lasts. And I want to make clear, it's not the spin and direction of the diamonds that are entangled. The team entangled a phonon inside the diamonds. A phonon is sort of a regular vibration of the atoms, so it's still in the diamond, it's still part of it, just a very small part of it. I know it seems complex, but if you can accept the strangeness of the quantum world, then you open yourself up to a whole lot of amazing possibilities. That's all for the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz. Thank you.